Welcome to the Wellness Phenoms, a podcast about the joys and struggles of life. The show will hit on topics such as mental health, fitness, finances, and spirituality. We are your hosts, Logan and Josh, two friends sharing our experiences with the world in an effort to help others. We are by no means experts, just highly passionate about these topics and eager to challenge ourselves and those around us. Hey, Phenoms, welcome back, or if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. Today is episode four, Meet the Hosts, and uh, Josh and I kind of wanted to uh, kind of have a episode where we just talk about us a little bit, not because we want to hear anything about ourselves, but because we are not uh, quite the most notable people, and you've probably never heard of us, and so we felt that it was... Uh, probably a good idea to take a moment to um, share more about who we are with all of you. So today that's what the show is going to be about. Um, We're also going to talk a little bit more about the podcast as well as a whole and kind of why we decided to venture down this uh, avenue and and start doing a podcast. So. All right. Well, uh, first off, to learn more about us and the show, you can check us out at www.wellnessphenoms.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wellness Phenoms. And uh, I'll give the floor to Josh. Oh, yeah. So I'm Josh, um, 33 years old, and uh, just give you a little bit of history on me and kind of what led me to, to join the Phenoms and a little bit of a journey on my life. So I was born in Texas, Corpus Christi, and uh, was adopted by my parents at a young age. And uh, my father was uh, in the military, in the Marines, for 21 years. And um, so I got to grow up as a military brat. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty cool upbringing in that atmosphere and um, getting to travel around the country and around the world. Uh, I was blessed enough to, to live coast to coast, not every state, but bouncing back and forth in the middle and um, spent some time overseas in Japan and Italy. And then, uh, you know, from there, while we were overseas, my parents were pretty big in into traveling and, and exploring and trying to get the best exposure we could as kids. So we uh, were lucky enough to bounce around and uh, ended up going to Right around 17 different countries. Wow. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Growing up and uh, two of those were Italy and Japan that we lived in uh, for three years in Japan and then two years in Italy, Um, but traveled all over and got to see a lot of the world and um, I loved it. I I didn't always appreciate it as a kid um, because, you know, kids have their opinions and and, uh, it's got to be kind of tough bouncing around, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean... I think over time in that lifestyle, you seem to adapt pretty well, especially children. Um, you know, we moved about every three years, so I got pretty used to making new friends. And you kind of just have to dive in and take it for what it is. And I think a lot of uh, the military life is what you make of it. Yeah. Uh, you can either be upset that you're somewhere beautiful and, you know, trying to learn different. Some places aren't as beautiful, but or you can just dive in and learn as much as you can. Sure. That's a lot of culture. That's a lot yeah. of countries. Yeah. Holy it was cow. great. I think, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, different foods and just different way people live their lives. 
And a lot of things are similar to the U.S., but there's a lot of differences as well. Um, and just getting the experience of those, I feel, gives me gave me a good perspective on what we do have here in this country and what uh, what other countries have to give. Um, from there, I uh, my dad finished up here in the U.S. in the military, so we were in California at the time, and uh, went to high school, played football, was into wrestling, and uh, went on to college and played in Division Two football. And then, uh, you know, really from there, I got into I got a business degree because I was a football player, and what else are you going to do? Business isn't too bad. <laughs> Should be able to figure it out. So. Um, you know, started working. I did some customer service to start out and moved into sales, eventually did a little bit of management. And, um, I always had a passion for law enforcement. I, uh, tried to get in right out of college and didn't get in right away because the process is pretty, a pretty big bear to get through. Um, and ended up at the time deciding, well, I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to give my business degree a shot and see where it takes me. I spent this time getting it. I might as well use it. Uh, so I, like I said, I started in customer service, worked my way up into management and then, uh, tried sales. I liked, you know, didn't like the being stuck behind a desk all the time. And yeah, sales can be tough. Yeah. So got into that and I, you know, I felt like I did well in, in the endeavors I did do in business and I just still had an inkling to, to get into law enforcement and give more to the community. And, um, I think some of that came from, you know, growing up in the military and you're surrounded by you know, people that are in service all the time. And, you know, along with that, my mom was a teacher, another service job, and it just kind of got ingrained in me. That's what I felt I was meant to do. Um, so I got into policing and enjoyed it. Uh, did well there too, and ended up transitioning into uh, real estate, where I now work and uh, still get to be out and about and enjoy people and you know help people make moves in their life and improve themselves and uh, really enjoy that realm. That's awesome. Um, Definitely not a sit behind the desk type of job. Yeah, out so, and about all the time. Yep, but it's nice. It's great to be able to to be out and about and and just meet new people all the time and. You know, out there just trying to get deals done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, within the, it's for me, my drive is, is people. And I think that, uh, you know, I've made mistakes in my life and I've done things that, you know, you, you learn from and you grow from. And, um, you know, I think one thing I look at in my history, my past is, I grew up as an athlete and always had that team sport, always had that kind of structure for fitness and staying in shape and had somebody to tell me what to do on the workouts and when to show up. And, you know, I got out of, got out of sports and really kind of got a little bit sediment, even in, you know, especially my first few jobs in the sales and management realm really was at a desk a lot and um, didn't come home and work out, didn't kind of lost that love and luster of, of that part of my life. Um, and ended up, you know, gaining weight and, and really getting to a point where I didn't have any life goals. I didn't have any really drive. I mean, I was working and that was about it. I went to work, I came home to my family and that was life. Um, 
And then, you know, I had some health issues and, and that really woke me up into my current situation and the way I was eating and, you know, consuming and just not really being productive in that portion of my life. I gave more to my work and my family and, you know, it's not an excuse, but that's just the way it was. And, uh, through the health issues, I was, I was able to really fall back in love with, with fitness and, um, working on myself and making sure I made that time to, to get into it and was able to lose, um, I think from my peak, I was about 320 pounds and got down to 235. That's um, huge. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a struggle. It was definitely, you know, interesting getting back into it from, from where I had started and being fit and always in shape and, um, you know, one of the things that changed when I did lose the weight was I, I really focused more on baby steps instead of, I always struggled as being an athlete, not being able to do what I used to be able to do. And I'd go try to work out or I'd go to the gym and, you know, try to muscle weight around and end up hurting myself or, you know, pulling something and then, or just getting discouraged that, Hey, you're, you know, you're really out of shape. And, uh, when I decided to change it in my for my health and stuff, I really focused on baby steps. And I mean, I started running short distances, doing consistent workouts, and then set goals to get further and further in running and better in lifting. And, um, it worked. I lost weight and ended up, um, really being able to change my, my health around. That's great. Um, I did get in or sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just going to ask what, uh, what kind of fitness regimens you like to kind of maintain currently? Um, so now I'm into, I do a lot of cardio. I'm doing some more endurance race training. So triathlons and, um, cycling races. I got into cycling back in December. So, uh, I'm really enjoying that. I, uh, I spent about two years before that running, doing a lot of more like high intensity lifting, short, high intensity workouts and, um, grew from there to where I am now. In the beginning I was doing probably, I really started half a mile running and I set a goal three days a week, half a mile. And then three days a week I did P90X, um, the lifting portions. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And that worked, it gave me a good base and someone to kind of give me a structure. And, uh, my goal was six miles. So I built over those months, every week I'd run three times and added half a mile every week until I got to my goal of six miles and then uh, grew from there. And, you know, now transitioning a little more into the endurance realm was kind of to keep myself excited and keep my body from getting used to what it's, what we're, what, I'm, what I was doing and then, um, you know, just keep the joy in it because I think if – I know if I get bored, I'm not going to want to do it anymore. So I have to find ways to keep me excited and change it up from here now and then. And, you know, who knows where the future will lead, but just keep going and trying to get better. And, you know, another thing that I found is the racing is fun. So finding events that I have scheduled gives me something to look forward to yeah. in the future and really uh, keep pushing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, from From there, you know, I had – some other instances, um, or I ended up getting a DUI and, um, really looking back on, on that situation, I feel when I was going through some of the health issues, 
I really worked on the physical piece of my where I was lacking, right? I was I didn't really look at like, you know, this could be a mental piece too that I need to work on strengthening my mental piece, give myself more um, tools to handle the stresses of life and and the things that come at you. Um, you know, I think from college and and on through the years of working and stuff, I kind of just built a habit of, you know, kind of having cocktails and relaxing, and that was my release. And I think, uh, you know, I really learned after, you know, the the DUI and and life's curves that, you know, there's more to wellness and there's more to life than just getting your physical body in shape. There's a huge mental piece that, that is in play. And, um, you know, I think, you know, through my life, I've been able to, to really, or through the experience, I've been really able to dive into the to the areas I wasn't really managing my stress and, and finding good ways, whether it be reading or um, exercising is obviously a big part of it, but as well as um, reading and, and, you know, I've spent time talking to people close to me and just kind of breaking through some of those barriers that got in my way that weren't really conducive to handling the stresses of life. Yeah. So it's been a good road. It's been a lot of, a lot of lessons learned and a exciting journey. And I just am glad to have, you know, a wellness program that works for me um, and really allows me to uh, grow and, and accept things as they come to me. And, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to really be here and be with, be with you in this uh, wellness phenoms and the process of hopefully helping people grow and, uh, get better with us. Likewise. So I had a question for you. Yeah. Um, as far as all the traveling, you said, uh, 17 countries. Was yeah. that right? Yep. Favorite place. Favorite place. I'll give you two. So Italy was probably my favorite place to live. It was just a great, I love the culture. The food was amazing. Oh, I bet. Um, uh, it was just a really cool. I would love to go back. I haven't been back in a while. So um, well, if you go, you let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a great I culture. Along. I just really, really enjoyed it there. Um, but another one was we did a, a safari in Africa, a sightseeing one and okay. saw a bunch of exotic animals and just a great, beautiful country. That's cool. Or continent, but we wow. went to, uh, <laughs> sure. uh, Kenya and Tanzania. Okay. So it was pretty awesome. Saw Kilimanjaro and wow. Just beautiful. That beautiful. sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, both places I've never been. So, there <laughs> we go. Add them to my list then. Yep. Well, perfect. Um, anything else before uh, we switch gears on to me? I uh, I don't think so. I think I got it all. I appreciate you taking some time to share. Um, I know we did our little bios in the first episode, but they were kind of short and sweet and to the point, and so. We wanted to spend a little bit more time chatting with all of you. Um, so my name is uh, Logan. Um, I am 32 years old. I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, I live here with my partner um, and our two dogs. And uh, this is kind of where we pick to settle down. And been here seven, seven years now, I think. And we're really liking it. Denver's a great place. But I originally uh, grew up in uh, 
the Midwest in a very, very tiny town of about 250 people, um, just shy of. And uh, it was uh, quite interesting, not a whole lot to do. I know (laughs) growing up, I had to kind of learn how to make my own fun. Um, And uh, I think at a younger age, I was pretty pretty good about that. Um, as I started to get older though, I, I started realizing that, um, I was gay. Um, so I do identify with the LGBTQ plus community and, um, um, yeah, it was, uh, not easy to say the least, um, where I grew up, um, though my mom and dad were actually quite accepting and, um, very supportive, um, of LGBTQ plus individuals, um, though they didn't necessarily know I was, I was, um, struggling with coming out and coming to terms with who I was as a person and, um, kind of almost in denial for many years. Um, I was, uh, brought up, um, in the Christian faith. Um, and my mom, she, uh, it wasn't, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, you know, we went to church every Sunday, but my mom, she, um, was just really one of those people that she just loved everybody and she didn't really care who you were, what your story was. She just wanted to, um, love you and support you. Um, and somehow still I felt, (laughs) uh, too nervous and embarrassed to come out. And I didn't tell my mom until I think right, right around when I was 18, Um, and I, I still did so by email. Um, but nevertheless, I knew I had support there just because, um, another relative of mine is, is also gay, um, and had, had let my parents know years before. And, um, so I knew the support was there. Um, but I think being in such a small community and, you know, growing up with all the harsh names and everything, Um, even though nobody knew that's just what you were called, you know, a lot of times when people didn't like you or they're making fun of you for something. And, um, so coming to terms with that was just very difficult and something that I was not ready to do. And, um, in fact, didn't do so until, uh, my town was so small that, uh, my school shut down, uh, they couldn't stay open anymore. And so we ended up in, uh, different cities or towns that were a little bit larger, Um, and once that happened, I started, um, I guess starting to be more open to the idea of telling people. And I, I did so very slowly and in my own way, um, which thankfully I was able to do because I know a lot of people, they don't get that opportunity, Mm -hmm. um, especially in such a small area. But what do you think, uh, what do you think it was that eventually gave you the courage to, to do that? I think the, the breaking point for me was when I started to see that there, that I wasn't the only one because, um, I was fortunate enough that we had TV and movies and stuff and and there's gay characters portrayed in them and stuff. Um, but I'd never met anybody else outside of my relative, um, who was also gay Mm -hmm. and, or not that I knew of anyway. And, It wasn't until I had moved to a larger school where there were a couple other gay individuals 
that I actually physically got to see and meet in person. And I think that was what really, well, it was more even just their confidence that they, like two of them, I remember in particular, they were just very proud of who they were and not ashamed to tell everybody. And, mm-hmm. um, they didn't hold anything back. And that was what gave me the comfort to kind of start slowly telling people. And so that was definitely the breaking point for me where I started feeling a little bit more comfortable at the very least. Okay. Still nerve wracking as I'll get out, but, but, but yeah. So, but from there, um, I, uh, you know, like I said, I moved to a little bit bigger town, so that was kind of helpful. It, it really started helping, um, kind of mold who I was, um, when I had grown up though, my dad, um, about the age of eight or so he, uh, got MS. And so things were really tough there. And shortly after I'd moved out of town, um, my dad actually got cancer, um, and he passed away, um, just after I turned 18. And so that was kind of a, a tough moment. And, um, even though we were living separately then at that point, my mom and I was just, she was my main support. And, yeah. um, she had, uh, already had cancer, um, prior to my dad, but they, it just kind of was, a uh, ongoing, you know, she'd get really sick and then she'd get treatment. She'd start to get better. And then, you know, not too long after she'd get cancer again. And so it was just a really tough thing, you know, and especially over the years watching her, um, through all of her battles. Um, and, it was kind of tough for me because, you know, there's somebody I loved so much and that was sick and kind of needed you there. But then at the same time with everything I was going through, I felt, you know, with the gay stuff, feeling the need to get out of my, you know, home state even. Um, and I kind of kept upgrading, if you will, to different towns that were a little bit bigger. I felt more comfortable, what have you. And then, um, I, I ultimately ended up moving out of state. Um, and it was my mom that did that though. Um, she wasn't doing very well. So we moved her to live with one of my relatives. And, um, at that time, um, I just couldn't, I was like, I don't want to be in the state anymore. She's now not. And so I'm going to move. And I did, I went and I moved to be closer to her. And, um, in uh, 2011, I was living in uh, Missouri, Joplin, Missouri, and uh, in the month of May of that year, um, the uh, Joplin tornado came through, and uh, I was right in the middle of its path, and um, that was it was a, a pivotal moment in my life where things were just kind of uprooted and changed, and Um, I'm, I'm lucky to even be standing here today. Um, I was at my place of employment. Um, at the time I worked at, uh, AT&T corporate, um, in a retail store and, um, one of our coworkers, there were 11 of us, uh, ultimately in the building. Um, some of us were employees and then another family had pulled up, um, while we were inside and they had seen the storm coming in, but they didn't know it was a tornado. And anyway, we ended up getting them inside, uh, just in time. And 
right after that, the tornado hit the building and destroyed it completely. And uh, we lost one of our coworkers, unfortunately, that day. Um, and I had been holding on to that coworker. And, and so um, to even be sitting here with you today is I'm quite blessing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, almost still not sure how that occurred, you know, um, but from that day on, things kind of changed. And um, I started questioning a lot about life and what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it. And um, I think a lot of my core values were still instilled from my mom. But what I didn't realize was a onset of anxiety and maybe some depression as well. And yeah. some very apparent PTSD. That part I did notice. Um, yeah. Anytime there was any sort of a storm that would even darken the sky slightly. I was, I was looking at my weather apps and mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting near a weather radio if possible. And, um, it was, it was a pretty tough time there for a few years. Um, but finally moved out here to Denver and, um, I'd been working for AT&T that entire time, but I was in sales. I wasn't really enjoying it. I loved helping people, but I didn't really care so much for the sales aspect of my job. And um, it wasn't something I was really passionate about. And I started realizing that I needed more in life and I needed to move on. And I had previously been self-employed. And I actually, uh, oddly enough, I... I started my first business when I was 12 years old. I started a DJ 12 service. 12 years old? Yeah. Um, it was kind of happened on accident, but um, we, uh, again, small school, we had mm-hmm. some very uh, small dances and we didn't have funding to hire a DJ or anything. So I started buying equipment and, um, you know, started with a little five disc CD changer and all its speakers and some CDs and, um, everybody would kind of pitch stuff in, you know, music wise and we'd do a little dance. Well, then every time we'd do another one, I'd try and get more equipment. And before you knew it, I had a full blown DJ service. And so That's it was really good neat. for 12. Yeah. So I thought about going back to that, but realizing that now I'm in a much bigger community a huge city rather, you mm-hmm. know, um, back where I grew up, you didn't really need to do a whole lot in the way of advertising. And, uh, I realized that wasn't going to be quite the case here. And so I, I kept searching, trying to figure out what it was I wanted to do. And I, I likewise fell across, uh, law enforcement and, um, and went down that path. And I really fell in love when I started, researching more and then I applied and then I made it into an academy and before I know it I'm out there doing it and um, while I'm in law enforcement I started to realize that there's a lot of very prevalent mental health going on and um, I was fortunate enough to get to work with a lot of those individuals and um, I just I fell in love with it And I felt like it was a place where I could really not only just talking with them um, and being able to kind of relate. And at the time, I don't think I realized um, it wasn't uh, until after I had kind of started working more in the realm of 
mental health stuff that I even started to realize my own mental health um, outside of the PTSD, of course, but the anxiety that was uh, been kind of festering and building and uh, growing over the course of time um, had actually been getting worse and worse and worse. And it wasn't until I uh, started to figure all that out through my employment. And um, uh, fortunately, the employment offered some amazing resources. And so I was able to seek therapy and um, learn a lot about what was going on with me. And um, just in time, because I feel like I was on the verge of my own mental health crisis, you know. Um, but I was able to get um, some really good therapists um, and um, just a whole plethora of knowledge. And then that just ignited for me just, I don't know, it, it's kind of tough to explain. It's just more of a, really a feeling for me. Um, but now that's all I do. So I work, um, with a, uh, crisis response team. It's like a co-responding model, um, where essentially just respond out to mental health crises and, um, try and provide initially de-escalation to de-escalate the crisis. And then, come in and, and try and get appropriate intervention and resources to those indiv individuals. And I just, I absolutely love it. That's um, awesome. So and what a great resource to have that available at the department. Yeah, it really is. I think a lot of departments nowadays seem to be doing it and it's, it's a really, really amazing thing because officers see, uh, unfortunately a lot of tragedy and, and I think taking care of themselves is, is of utmost priority, but, um, you know, the stigma around mental health has always been one that's been pretty tough. And just recently here, it seems like that stigma is finally starting to break. And Get I some think breakthrough. that's good. Yeah. I think we need to keep working on that though, you know, to keep breaking it down and, um, it's resources like that that are going to help do it. So I did have one question about the tornado you talked about. Yeah. You immediately knew that you had PTSD. Um, and you said later when you got in law enforcement, you got help through therapy and the other resources that were available. Did you do anything in between then to help you with the PTSD or? So, um, I tried going to therapy initially right after, um, AT&T was amazing actually. And they had a, you know, EAP programs and stuff. And, and it, with that event, they, I've never seen a company do so much good for, uh, <laughs> people in a situation like that. It was, it was just amazing to see that company rally. Anyway, um, <laughs> they're, they're not plugging me or paying me to say <laughs> that. That's just honest to God truth, but they're just um, amazing. And I, I went to go see a therapist and I think that the therapist I saw after that just really didn't seem too involved. Definitely nothing like what I've more recently experienced. Um, and so I didn't really continue on. Um, but I think at the time too, you know, maybe that stigma, mm -hmm. I didn't really, you know, feel like it could or, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. You know, I wasn't embarrassed or ashamed of it. Um, but I guess I didn't see all the signs, but also didn't know how they would be able to help me either, you know? And, um, and so, but I noticed it immediately after, cause we had, I'm, I, I'm guessing it was just a couple weeks or so. I had just returned back to work. They gave us some time off to recoup, go see a therapist and do anything that we needed to medically. Um, 
because we were actually trapped underneath the building that was torn apart. And, um, but anyway, a couple of weeks after, I believe it was, um, we were out in a parking lot cause we were then working from RVs and trailers and stuff yeah. like that. They had mobile sites set up and in rolls the storm and very rapidly you could see it building just in the sky above you off to the, you know, I think it was like just off to the, um, Northwest a little bit and or northeast maybe anyway it doesn't matter but it just it moved in so quick all of a sudden the the wind comes up and before i know it i find myself sprinting across that parking lot which was the parking lot to a church i get inside the church and instantly after having been buried underneath of a building yeah i didn't feel comfortable inside so i ran back outside and then i ran back inside and it was just so terrible. I didn't know where I was safe anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, it, it passed on through and it had built right on the edge of us. So we didn't have to deal with it much. But that's when I noticed that I definitely <laughs> was not going to be the same again. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I subsequently <laughs> ended up living uh, in Tornado Alley for. Uh, several more years, which were some very painful years and actually part of my decision for moving out here to Denver because uh, though tornadoes do exist out here, they are far uh, less in strength and and such typically. So And probably less common, at least in the metro area. Yeah, far less common. It seemed like over there we were getting tornado warnings constantly. And here, you know, I maybe see several a year that I can recall. Um, Yeah. But... Yeah. So, but outside of that, I mean, that's kind of what led me to this. And, and that I think is probably enough on me for right now. Um, <laughs> There's one more point I had. Yeah. Logan showed me up here a little bit. Uh-oh. Forgot my family. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I am married here in, in the metro area and uh, have two wonderful children and a dog as well. Yeah. So, amazing family. Didn't forget them. (laughs) Well, forgot to mention them, but didn't forget them. (laughs) Well, I think now we wanted to just kind of go in and and really spend a little bit of time talking about the show. And, you know, Josh and I have known each other for just over four years now. Um, And almost just over the. Yeah, yeah. I know. Earlier this month, four yeah, years ago. Four years and yeah, a couple weeks. Yep. But uh, crazy how time flies because, yeah. It does. It feels like yesterday. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Josh and I, um, probably about a year ago, maybe a little more. We Yeah, a year, year and a half. Yeah, we started to get really close. And I think at least for me, I, I, I noticed that every time I'd run into Josh or you, right. Yeah. I, we'd just start having a, uh, really good conversation and, you know, we'd meet for coffee or breakfast, lunch, whatever. And, uh, as we're sitting there chatting, things just flowed so easy and very we, candid. Yeah. And very honest, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we definitely, had some very open, raw conversations. And um, every time I would walk away, though, 
I'd, I'd walk away feeling like super energized, super motivated, driven to want to go do more, be a better person and keep driving for all the things that I had set out in my life to do. And, and me as well. We really built like a, you know, accountability partnership where, you know, it became, I look forward to all our meetings, whether it's coffee or breakfast or, but on my end as well, you know, it was a nice person to bounce ideas off of, talk about what we're going through, um, you know, everything in our life and, and really a person that shot me straight answers and helped me get through stuff. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, we really enjoyed that time and, and, uh, growing together and pushing each other to be better. Yeah. And it, it got to a point where we were meeting like sometimes every week, every couple weeks, sometimes, you know, every month even, but, um, but it, as it happened more, it got that, that time frame narrowed down. Yeah. To, yeah. And I think because we well, both the time frame started, in between narrowed and the time together got longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sure did. And, uh, I, there's a couple of times I thought we were going to get ourselves kicked out of the breakfast <laughs> yeah. joint too, yep. but, um, you know, it, it just, it turned into a point where I think we both started to realize the same thing is that, you know, we had all these lofty goals and dreams and, both knew that we wanted to help other people and then here we are and we're helping each other. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, you know, I don't even know what sparked it, but all of a sudden one day we're talking about a podcast. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I had never even listened to a single podcast. I don't know where the podcast idea came <laughs> from. I, you know, and it was great. Though. I think you mentioned it and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And so <laughs> before and I'm like, really? <laughs> and before we know it, here we are talking about doing a podcast. And then before we know it, we're meeting even more frequently yeah. to, to start planning stuff. And what, what, what would this look like? How would we do this? You yep. know, and, and why would we do this? Right. And everything just started falling in line. We had the same drivers, the same, just desire to want to help other people and share some of our, uh, stories and our, you know, mess ups over the course of time and what we learned from those and really things just, we've done to get past it and yeah. move forward. And, and it just, uh, it really just caught fire and we started rolling with it and well, here we are, yep. you know, episode four. Yeah. So um, I know I'm excited, but me too. Um, we kind of wanted to um, explain the the phenoms bit a little bit. Um, it was kind of weird. I mean, obviously, looking for a name for something takes some time, and we spent a lot of time trying to find something that we both liked. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that was quite an adventure. We and both liked or wasn't already taken. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the stuff, yeah, was just MIA is, you know, already in somebody else's hands and being well taken care of, I guess. Yeah. Um, so ultimately we settled on, on the wellness phenoms and, uh, um, there was, there's quite a few different points to it that kind of struck a chord that made us realize, yeah, I think this is it, you know? And, um, I don't know if you noticed, but when we start, uh, a show or end a show, we, we call all the listeners phenoms. And, um, part of that was because I, 
I'll let you weigh in your side here too. And kind of, you know, we might have a little bit different definitions or descriptions of how we feel about this. But I think for me is that this is um, definitely a, a we thing. Yeah. Um, and you might notice that little tidbit in our logo too. Um, if you take a look at that, you'll see that. Um, but it it's about a community. It's about us, not only just Josh and I here and all the listeners, but um, it's about this wellness journey and, you know, people wanting to do some phenomenal things in their lives. And, um, you know, I think for me, like, I don't think there's anything phenomenal about me personally, but I know that I want to do some phenomenal things in life. And, um, I want to strive to do that, but more so I want to try and strive to push other people to do phenomenal things. Yeah. And my, I mean, my view is a lot like yours, um, in the, we, in the community and, you know, wellness is a, is a never ending journey. And it's, it's something that, you know, it's one of those things in life where you think you got it cornered and your plans working and everything you got is going good. It's when something else goes wrong and you get those roadblocks in front of you or something happens and, and, you know, um, to reach a phenomenal state in wellness is you really need a team and you really need a group of people to help you that you can call on when, when things don't go your way or, or, uh, the struggle gets harder on those, those days that are just bad days. Cause there are just bad days. Um, so we really want to build a place that, that people can come and, you know, glean information, but also glean the ability to get through those hard days and know that they're not the only ones out there, that uh, other people are, you know, have bad days too. And as a group, we're here to, to learn and grow and help each other. Yeah. And I know right off the bat for me, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my family, my friends, my partner, coworkers. Yeah. Exactly. You name it, uh, professionals, right? It just, it, it takes a whole army, you know, yep. it's, it really it does. does. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, I uh, just wanted to put a little explanation into that because, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're going to keep signing on and off with that and we like it. So hopefully y'all do too. Yeah. But, and the other, the other good point is that, you know, we're not experts in the wellness field, we're uh, two friends that really have a passion for wellness and have learned um, different ways that have helped us and we'll learn more ways to grow and help us and help others as we go along and just want to really share our experiences and, and have those conversations to hopefully um, encourage people to better themselves as well. Yeah, and I think to go along with that, one thing that you know, uh, Josh and I have talked a lot about is how we want to go about doing that. And, and we've discussed, and you may notice this already, this obviously episode four, as we've said already, but, um, we are trying to do this in a very authentic, genuine, and definitely an unscripted format. Um, we are trying to just be as real and honest as we can and not go in and do a bunch of edits. So, Sorry if there's any snafus. We're trying to <laughs> do this in a way in which it's it's we want to show you that we're real people too, just like everybody else, and and we're all in this together. Yep. 
Definitely. So um, if you want to know more about us or the show as a whole, um, you can reach us on any of our social media platforms, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, or through our website as well. So yep. I think that's all I've got there. Yeah. So we'll finish up with the, uh, our mission and our mission is inspiring people to live with purpose through wellness. Uh, we strive to provide our listeners with authentic, meaningful, and practical information through sharing our personal stories, experiences, and life. We hope to foster an environment that will encourage people to grow and better themselves alongside of us. And if you guys like today's episode, go ahead and subscribe uh, to make sure you don't miss any new episodes. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, www.wellnessphenoms.com and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wellness Phenoms. And for today, Phenoms, and until next time, enjoy the journey and stay well.